Fit Nation. It's Fit Nation. Awesome. Dancing in the kitchen, you singing my favorite song. Swinging on the front porch, just laughing at the dogs. I swear you love me more when you're whispering goodnight. All those little moments are every reason why I'm homesick. This feeling that I'm feeling, though we don't quit. It's like half of me is missing, heaven knows that all I want to do is be along with your brown eyes are tangled up just hold on you tonight until morning baby that's the damn truth if home is where the heart is I'm homesick for you well it's says Kane Brown on a sign with a line out the door Sold out some little town I've never been before Yeah, they're screaming my name This is what we dreamed about But out here singing about you, baby All I'm thinking about is how I'm homesick This feeling that I'm feeling No, we don't quit It's like half of me is missing Heaven knows That all I want to do is be alone with Your brown eyes are tangled up just hold On to you tonight until the morning Baby, that's the damn truth If home is where the heart is, I'm Fit Nation. If you have not had the chance to check out our first book, 13 Step Guide to Success, it is available on Amazon and Kindle and paperback. As we have told you, we are now a member of the Military Broadcast Radio family. If you could, please download the MBR app and follow all of our shows. We look forward to this chapter of the Misfit Nation and hope you are ready to, to enjoy this part of the ride.
If you're going through some hard times, you do not have to go alone. Please phone a friend and chat it out. If you do not want to talk to a friend a little embarrassed, call the crisis hotline at 1-800-273-8255. And if you're a military veteran, press 1. Do not make a permanent solution to a temporary problem. If you're a new listener, we appreciate you joining us. Be sure to subscribe to to our show on your favorite podcast apps. And of course, our YouTube channel, D underscore Misfit Nation. This will keep you up to date with the latest episodes of the Misfit Nation and also allow you to hear the amazing stories of our guests. Speaking of which, our next guest is an international speaker, author, and communications consultant. She's also the founder of 30 Second Success, works with inspiring business owners and professionals who understand the power of networking and want to make the most of their connections with an impactful 30-second message that leads to deeper conversations and opportunities. Through workshops and corporate speaking engagements, she inspires audiences to dig deep and find the words that define who they are and how they serve others. Helping business owners and professionals ditch the pitch and start connecting is her passion and her mission. So without further ado, let's get, well, Laura Templeton on here. Welcome, Laura. Thank you so much for having me. I'm excited about being here today. It's it's great to finally connect. I know we had some... uh, trials and tribulations to get this thing going, but here we are, we got this thing going and uh, you didn't get hurt messing with the transmission as we talked in the pre-show. That's great. (laughs) (laughs) And we're able to come on here and chat this out and enjoy the rest of our day. So if you don't mind, Laura, please just tip us a little bit about your backstory from as far back as you want to go to how you got started with, with all everything you're doing now. Hmm. That, um, so my story is, you know, kind of did the whole college career, corporate mission, you know, just really was in that corporate environment. Absolutely loved what I was doing in project management, construction project management, but always knew I wanted to be a stay-at-home mom. So the day my, I went into labor with my son after I walked across the city of Manhattan, um, I, that was my last day in corporate America. So, uh, yeah, yeah, that, that was that was a fun day. I worked for about 10 and a half years in corporate and worked for a big bank up in Jersey City. And we always joked that we had the better view. That was when uh, prior to 9-11 happening. And the day uh, my son was born, I actually went into labor early. I had walked from um World Trade Center down Water Street to uh, down Wall Street down to Water Street and back again and then came out came back to the office they threw my baby shower my husband picked me up on the way home I probably had to stop about three or four times because the baby was really pushing on my bladder got home and went into labor so um, my son my son decided he wanted to come a little bit early and you know that was my husband and I had always talked about being able to to have me stay home to raise our children. And I absolutely loved being a stay-at-home mom. Um, But for those stay-at-home moms out there and stay-at-home dads, we all know that there's uh, sometimes a a real deep need for adult conversation. So (laughs) I found myself wanting to connect with other adults during the day. And I actually happened to step into a network marketing opportunity um, because I didn't want to have to pay retail for really great books that I loved for my children. And I had an opportunity to, to actually become a distributor for Dorling Kindersley Kindersley books. And they, uh, they were an amazing company to work with. And through that, I learned the power of networking and really connecting with people in my community. 
And through that, I just really developed a passion for networking and helping people in my network, really developing those deep rooted relationships where it's helping people and making life about them instead of about me. And through all of that, they, they would do the same for me and just really blessed to know so many amazing people in the networking um, community that just really align themselves with being, having a heart of service. And after about 15 years of being in network marketing, I stepped into a leadership role with a networking, uh, networking organization. It was a women's organization And when I did that, I started to look at the people in the organization differently. I started trying to figure out how I could help them. What did they need? How could I support them? And what I found was there was a deep-rooted struggle for so many people in the networking environment to craft their 30-second message, to really have that message that connected what they do with their audience in a way that helped them to express who they are and how they serve others. And I had had a tremendous amount of training and had learned a very simple formula. So I started helping people in my group and work got out that I was helping. And probably within about a year, I came home and said to my husband, I think I know what I'm going to do next. And his question to me was, okay, but are people going to pay you for that? And surprisingly enough, they already were. So that answer, that question was already answered. And that was about seven years ago. So I launched 30 second success about seven years ago. Um, In 2020, right before the pandemic and all the lockdowns, I launched my first book, which is 30 Second Success, Ditch the Pitch and Start Connecting, which is all about crafting your 30 second message. So I spill the beans. I give it all, all all of my trade secrets of how to craft your message in my book. And really, it's more about empowering people to understand the value of connection. When you get beyond that message that really just helps your audience understand what you do, but it's more about building relationships and and connecting with other people and helping them understand the value of networking, which is so poignant in what we've been going through in the last couple of years. How much has, has community really changed that definition? We've gone back to how, what community used to be like, right? Where people were spending time together in their neighborhoods and supporting one another. So it's really beautiful to see. And learning if you actually like your community after a while. <laughs> Do you have to see them every yes. day? <laughs> yes. Do I really like my neighbor? Wow. It was yeah. so nice here before. Gosh. <laughs> <laughs> well, actually, we're the ones that moved okay. <laughs> into the new neighborhood. And now my neighbors are moving out. So I'm starting to wonder maybe <laughs> maybe they're not so happy. I moved in. I don't know. No, I joke. Um, we had some really great neighbors. We moved here about a year ago. Um, we moved from Pennsylvania to Florida made a dream come true, Um, wanted to be able to enjoy life now rather than waiting till retirement. Um, Our kids are grown. My daughter's got a family of her own. My son is more than willing to come and hang out in the sunshine state with us. So um, we we up and moved from Pennsylvania, sold our home of 20 years and moved here. We have some really great neighbors, but they were already planning on moving. So (laughs) they'd been here for 10 years. They want to be on the water. I don't blame them. So. Okay. So it's not your fault. We got it. Yeah. We got it. Yes. It was funny. You mentioned Jersey city before that's where I grew up. So I know that view, the view was much better growing up of the Manhattan skyline from our side of the river than that side. Cause you can see everything. And, and of course we, we lost that view. I was, I wasn't home when it happened. I was uh, deployed when nine 11 happened. So I missed all that, but I came home to see the aftermath and it's way different now. It's crazy up there now. It's nuts, but 
it's that we did have the better view and they hated that. Yeah, and you know, Exchange Place Tower, right? The building right at the waterfront, yeah. one exchange. My signature is on the last beam on that really? building. Oh, yes, very cool opportunity. <laughs> yeah, we used to hang out down there as kids yeah. doing uh, kid things. Yeah, well, in that West Bank, which was the old bank right there with the huge vault door that was like one only one of two in the whole world that were right. that big. <laughs> that was the bank that I worked for. And then... Then um, we built Exchange Place Tower and we had the top seven floors. So I got to got to experience that view. Um, my son was born in 94 and um, I don't think I've been back to Jersey City or or um, Manhattan since then. Wow. Um, yeah, it's uh, it was actually I've been uptown, but not downtown. I just I it's just like it's too hard. I knew people that perished in the building. So it's kind of still kind of hard to even even think oh, yeah. about that so it's hard to look over there and not see him but back yes. to the back to our show yes 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 <laughs> so how is it how important is it for the business owner to have that professional or for professionals uh, individual professionals to network and what does that mean to them to be successful mm. So networking is really about building community, right? Building connections with people who can be advocates for you, right? There's so many opportunities for us to network and build relationships. And that's what networking is really about. It's about building relationships, relationships with people who can support you in your growth, support you in your struggles, and also support you in opportunities, People who understand what it is that you do, how you serve others, and what you bring to the table. That's where the power of networking is lost on so many people. That networking is, it's really not about you. It's, it's about the other people in the room and how you can help them. And I think there's, there's a shift in mindset that happens for some people that have been networking for a really long time. Um, they become your advocates. They, they want to help you succeed. The people in the room always want to help you succeed. And that's when you're in a, in a networking group, in that type of environment, you can thrive and your business can grow. Opportunities present themselves. You can find someone who's a confidant that can help you through tough times even. And that was one of the things that I found um, was really helpful even going through the last couple of years was networking literally went from in-person to being virtual, which was not easy. It was not easy. I think that was one of the hardest things for me because I love being in the room full of people, I feed off the energy. I'm a hugger. You know, it's, <laughs> I, you know, when you're on video and you can't read someone's body language, it's really hard, but um, you, you learn to adapt. And I think there, there are a lot of advantages um, to virtual over in person as well. So it's one of the blogs that I just wrote was about the differences between in-person networking and virtual networking. And are we going to see a hybrid? And we will. And uh, I think the last two years have forced many people to go to that virtual side of networking and virtual businesses. Basically, nearly every business now has a virtual arm of it. Not many stay with a brick and mortar anymore. And it's, they found it a lot cheaper to have people work from their houses. And either if they're selling a product, selling it from a big warehouse and letting them push it out and them not having to uh, you know pay rent and stuff or overhead. And of course, the networking side, like you said, it's a little more difficult not being able to shake a hand or, or like you're, you're a hugger, actually get in there and actually give someone a hug and say hello 
and get that feeling if they are what do we want do they want to be there with you or do they not want to actually be there they do they feel like they are burdened by being there you can't see that in the virtual world but like you you said you had to pick up tips and tricks how did that how did all this change the way we network in virtual in the virtual reality world I think the biggest thing that changed for a lot of people was, um, and even for me, was being able to make those personal connections in a virtual <laughs> networking setting when it's a group of people, you're listening, you know, it, you're listening to snippets, right? You're just getting bits and pieces of information. And a lot of times there's presentations going on and you're watching people interact, but you're not seeing the whole picture. What really transpires is when you have an opportunity to have one-on-one -on -one conversations with those people, when you take it offline and you go a little bit deeper, maybe you have a coffee chat with someone or a discovery call, whatever you want to call it. Um, coffee chats have become a big, big thing. We used to grab coffee after my LATIP group you know, every, every week. I would go out to coffee with someone from my group just to get to know them a little bit better. So Having to figure out how to do that in a virtual arena it really has made an impact that people are still connected, but now you're a little bit more in control of your time. And I think that's one of the benefits of virtual networking is, you know, there's a beginning and an end to a virtual meeting and you've got a host who's in charge. They cut it off and you're done. There's no meeting before the meeting, no meeting after the meeting. <laughs> and you get to pick and choose who you want to have conversations with, whereas in person, sometimes you get stuck in a corner with someone who's just talking at you instead of talking with you. So there's a, you have a little bit more of control of who you're interacting with in a virtual environment, and, but you have to be very intentional about your networking and the connections that you're making with the people in your network. And I think that on, the, on the live side, you can, like you said, people talking at you or talking, you're talking to them, but they're not listening to you. It's something you can feel out pretty much pretty quickly if you if they're listening to hear or listening to respond to you. It's it's two very different things. So if they already have an answer before you start speaking, you know they just want to they just want to pitch whatever they're saying about themselves or about them to one up you or whatever. But in the virtual world, you really can't do that because, like you said, it's, it's timelines. Like Zoom only gives you X amount of time to be on there unless you pay a lot of money or WebEx, the same thing. There's only so much bandwidth you can use at a time. So you only can stay on for, it's not infinite. Like if you're in a networking environment with a group of people, you can sit there and not even know what, how the time is going by if you're having a good time. But when it starts to go bad, you feel it right away on the virtual side. It's very hard to tell that. Yeah, you're absolutely right. It is. It's, you know, like I said, reading someone's body language is so important. You could tell by someone's feet whether they were listening to you or not. Did you ever hear that story? No, I never heard. I was it's, about to ask if you. Someone's, <laughs> if you're standing in front of someone and their feet are pointed towards you, they're paying attention to you. But if their feet are turned out, they're already thinking about their escape route. Oh, wow. <laughs> Now, there are some people that stand a little, you know, with their feet a little bit more duck worthy, but if both feet are in one direction, they're looking for an exit. Wow. I yeah. never heard that. That's, I'm yeah. going to keep, now I'm going to be watching people's feet all the time. Thanks. <laughs> Do I want to talk to you? Are you, are you listening to me? <laughs> Where are you going? Where are you going? And I think that's people. one of the things really, that in-person networking sometimes is, you know, body language is so key and being able to um, feel people's energy. 
right? We're energetic Definitely. beings. And sometimes you can sense when somebody's really in tune to what you're doing or if they've already tuned you out. And they're, and they're already figuring out, who am I going to talk to next, right? You know, they're looking around the room. It's like, who am I going to talk to next? And Like if they walked up to you thinking that you were the person that could get them to their next level or next sponsorship or whatever for their business. And then all of a sudden they feel like it's not there. They're already looking to go buy you and find that next next person that looks like the person they want to, I guess, mm-hmm. bring into their realm at that point. And, yeah. and you're left sitting there thinking, oh, this guy really never, never even wanted to talk to me to begin with. They were only just using me as a stepping stone. And I think that's the other thing too, is a lot of people don't understand the value of asking really great questions. So I think that's one of the things that I love about so many people being uh, promoting podcasts these days, because it's about asking really great questions and going deeper. When you can get people to really open up and share with you, even just asking simple questions like, okay, who are you looking to connect with? Who can I share your work with? Tell me a little bit more about your work so I understand it in a way that's easy for me to repeat to someone else. And who is that someone else? What should I be listening for that might give me a clue that someone needs your help? Asking really great questions is so much more important than what I refer to it as word vomit. (laughs) You know, like just let's stop throwing words up on people. Yeah, like- it's not a pretty picture, but it happens. It does. Yes. Yeah. And these over talk for a long time and things, yeah. bad things occur at that point. Yeah. Yeah. I know when I was transitioning out of the army, they, they sent us to these transition classes. And that was the first time I ever heard about the elevator pitch. And knowing that you do the 30 second message that made me think of the elevator pitch. Is there a distinct difference between like me giving my elevator pitch to trying to sell me as a person to get into your company in that of the business person trying to sell their brand to somebody? Mm, great question. And there, I, I think there, in my opinion, there is a, a distinct difference between somebody being pitched uh, as opposed to someone receiving your message. So pitch really is designed to make a sale. Right. Whereas your 30 second message is really designed to help someone understand inherently what it is that you do for others. How do you serve your community? But it's also designed in a way that gets people to think beyond themselves. Like, okay, who do I know that needs her help? So it's really connection. It's the connection with the emotion, right? We're connecting with the people in the room that can feel the pain that our ideal clients struggle with. And that's where it goes a little bit deeper than a typical pitch. Um, uh, you know, when I think of pitch, all I can think of a lot of times is Shark Tank. People standing there ticking off all the positive things that they're going to do, you know, that their product does, you know, and what does it do? And how does it, how does it act? And what are, what are all the degrees that they have in order to de- develop this? And it's not about, it's not about your modality or how you do something. It's really about what you deliver and how you help people. And that's what I try and teach when I'm, whether it's on stage or in a workshop or when I'm working with corporate clients, it's really about getting to the debt, to that deep emotional transaction that happens between you and the people that you serve. Definitely. And <laughs> there's a lot of people that just speak at me when I'm, especially on the show here, a lot of people are trying to, I understand that they're trying to sell their brand on here. I'm also want them to explain what they really do, not just make their sale. So it kind of throws throws a lot of, throws me off sometimes when I ask them the questions, and they they just go back to saying the same thing again. And that really, I don't know if that resonates with the listeners or not, but I just try to keep them on track and try to 
get them to talk about what they can do for others, not just how they make money for from others. Right. And it's really about asking them what it is that their clients are struggling with. Right. What is it? Why would someone hire you is the question. Right. And when you start to think about why someone would hire you, it's okay. What is it that you're delivering? How is it that you help people? And what is it that people are really struggling with? Somebody recently said to me, okay, so what's, what's the real pain behind the pain? And I had to really stop and think about that. Like, what's the real pain? Sometimes we know what the surface problem is, but there's most time, more than likely, there's a deeper rooted pain behind that. And when you start to think about, you know, what, it, what are the things that people are struggling with? Is it, you know, like, okay, people don't understand how to network or maybe someone in business, they feel like their business is failing. They don't know why. And for some reason, it's, it's really for them, it's about money, but they might tell you, well, um, I, I'm really struggling with my marketing. Well, no, maybe your product's not right. Maybe there's something that <laughs> let's go deeper. What is the real pain? Maybe it's that you don't like marketing, right. right? It may not be that my marketing's not right. My message isn't right, but maybe you don't like marketing or maybe you're not the person that should be doing the sales for your business. There may be something deeper rooted in what the issue is. And sometimes we have to go, we have to really dig deep and understand what it is that our clients are struggling with before we can position ourselves well for them to be able to find us. Yeah, I just wrote down pain behind the pain right after watch the feet on my notes. So <laughs> I'm, I'm learning a lot here today. <laughs> so is, is that in your book as well, the, about the feet and the pain behind the pain? Or tell us about I the book actually, a little bit. Mm. <laughs> I think the, the part about the feet is in there because I'm pretty sure I talk about body language. Um, okay. And that is something that I, I was reading about. I thought it was very fascinating when I read that one. Um, but the pain behind the pain is just something that I, I heard recently. Um, I do talk about the pain or problem that your clients really struggle with. So in my in my book, I really, I like I said, I, I spill the beans on how to craft your 30 second message, but it's more about developing those deeper connections with your audience. And that's where the real gold, where that real benefit of networking comes in and helping people understand that your network is really, and I know this is cliche and I've heard other people say it before, your network is your net worth. Right. That references, that really references the people that you're connected to, you know, the, the level of the people that you're connected to. But in my opinion, I think your network is really the, the, so valuable that it needs to be protected in a way that you need to guard how well you treat the people in your network. If you are not treating them well, they're not going to help you. It's not that they're not going to help you. It's going to be harder for them to help you. And because, they, won't, they won't go out of their way to help you. Right. Because it comes down to a level of trust. You know what that is like. You have to trust the guy next to you. Definitely. And, you know, you, you've got to show up for people. That's what networking is really about. You have to show up for them. You have to be able to deliver and not expect a thing in return. Exactly. Because when you don't expect anything in return, that's when the return actually happens. Definitely. And if you go in there expecting something to come back to you, that's usually when the, that either that relationship goes sour because one of you is not going to be able to come back and give that give that reciprocity, I guess, 
give you for something tit for tat or whatever like that. And it's not always going to work that way. But if, like you said, if you go in there without having your hand out and all of a sudden it comes back to you, that's, that's a victory right there. Success. Yes. And you have to be willing to give again. And that's something that uh, another one of my really dear friends shared with me, Margie Solomon, uh, somebody had shared this with her early on in her networking um, career path when she was she was actually striking out on her own in business. He shared with her the idea that in networking, you have to give in order to get in order to give. So you, you it's kind of like you give to receive to give again. And the so whole idea is that you're exactly it's you're always in that giving, receiving, giving, receiving, giving, receiving pattern. And sometimes the receiving doesn't always come as quickly as the giving does. So when you're a giving person, you have the ability to just, you know, give without ex- expectation. And then when you do receive something in return, it's that much more beautiful and it, it's that much more um, important in your life. And I think there's so much value in that. And, and like I said, we are, we're giving people, we were, we were designed to be in service of one another. That's, that's the nature of human beings right. is to be in service of, of each other. And when we keep that in our perspective, it really helps us balance the, our ability to be in service of others. Definitely. And I was looking at your website earlier, actually the other day before we we're supposed to go on, but, and again, today, just to refresh my mind. And uh, I seen that you give a lot of your advice for free. Is that part of this whole, what we were just talking about, give to get to give? I said, I was just saying to my husband the other day, I, I feel like I get, I just give so much information out because I want to help people. I, I just want it all to be out there. I put everything on the table when I'm, you know, I don't hold anything back. When I speak in public, I give it, I give it all. I teach people, I have to pull someone up on stage and do their, <laughs> help them with their 30 second message right then and there. Oh. And it, it's just, you know, you have to model it. You have to model what you're teaching. And that, so that's my motto. I, I want to model being a good steward, a good servant, being someone who is giving and taking care of my network. And the best way for me to do that is give what I can. That's an awesome way to do it. And uh, I love your mindset on that. That's great. Uh, we talked about your first book, 30 Second Success, uh, Ditch the Pitch and Start Connecting. Is there a second book in the works? Or are you thinking about making another one? I am. I actually have a couple of series of books in mind. Nice. Um, I, I had a goal. I was going to like publish six more books this year, but that ah. doesn't seem to be <laughs> happening as fast as I'd really like it to happen. I'm like, that's a pretty lofty goal there, girl. Um, but yeah, I, I, I have a couple different books um, in mind. One of them is, you know, 30 second success for the college student. Another one is 30 second success for the professional so it's in that series and it'll go, it'll become a little bit deeper in understanding very and giving very specific examples in different um, career paths. So college students is, is a big um, request that I'm getting right now from a lot of parents. Bet. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, this is that time of year where they all go, right. oh, you need to help my kid. <laughs> please help them, please. I don't please want them here. <laughs> yeah. And, uh, you know, and that's one of the things that I've done, you know, a couple of years ago, I absolutely was very honored. I worked with a veterans group out of Philadelphia and we did um, video interviews. Nice. And to create video resumes 
for some of the the people in the program. And it was, it was a great experience. And I will tell you reading their resumes and realizing um, how important it is to highlight the amazing um, things that you've learned in the military and, and that lead those leadership skills are so important in today's day and age. And I think um, a lot of veterans miss out because they're afraid to, I don't know, I don't know, afraid is not the right word, but they've been advised to kind of downplay their military background. Yes. I, I, to be honest with you, I am, I am boldly empowering veterans to step into owning that leadership and all the things that they've learned from their military experience. I think more people need to experience what it's like to have someone with that kind of background at the helm. Definitely. And, and you're right when they say they're trying to hide it. A lot of times are like the transition office will tell you to sugarcoat it or change who you are, change the verbiage of what you were to something that matches what is on the corporate side. And yeah. it, it doesn't transfer correctly. And a lot of veterans lose out on very good opportunities. Yeah. Yeah, and I'm sorry, but it, it also it also hinders them in in owning who they are fully. Right. Right. Definitely. When you tell them to downplay the amazing things that they've done, it's like, wait, that's their confidence. That's what that giving part of who they are. It's so built into them as a human. You you tell them to downplay that and you're taking a little bit of their sense of who they are away from them. That's not right. And I, I, I never forget, there were uh, two gentlemen and, and a woman that I worked with. And when we had, did our interviews and I gave them, I basically gave them permission to talk about their experiences. And we even wrote it into their resumes and it, you could physically see them, the change. You could physically see, like there was a sense of pride. They sat up straighter. They were like, yeah, this is who I am. <laughs> That ownership in like, finally, somebody's telling me it's okay to be me. It's just, it's, it's amazing. And I I was really surprised to hear that they had been advised um, incorrectly, in my opinion, to, to downplay that role, because I think the, the leadership qualities of, of people who've been in the military are amazing. And, And you're definitely right. They are advised poorly. But this gives you an idea for one of your six books, 30 Second Success for the Military Transitioning Bet. So there you go. There you need to co-author them right here for you. So I'm there adding you. that. I'll add that, li- I'll add that to my list. All right. See, I'm helping you get that six. Yeah, <laughs> I like it. I like it. Yeah, no and that's, you know, doing the video resumes with them was amazing. And it, it, it was such a gift to me, I, you know, to be able to be in the presence of people who served. and. You know, I just, I really appreciated that. Awesome. And most are very humble. Won't, won't they come out and say thank you or anything? Or that's too much for me, you know? <laughs> so that's mm-hmm. what you'll get. So if you can give advice to anyone, any one of your targets on how to get their, their 30 seconds, their 30 second speech out and how to do it, how to get, be that best person, how would you do? What advice would you give them? Um. So Specifically for um, business owners, the, the main thing to remember is you, you have to really define who your ideal client is, really understand who you're speaking to, right? You have to understand not only your network, but you also understand have to understand who your network is 
connected with. And when you can think beyond the people in the room and, and creating a message that can speak to speak through them, um, you're giving them, um, you're giving them a message that they can repeat. So the biggest piece is understanding who your idle client is, who you're speaking to. And then we talk about the pain, right? You know, the pain behind the pain. pain you got pain. that one down already. Got that right there, yeah. Right? So understanding <laughs> the pain or problem that your ideal client really struggles with is, is the foundation for your 30-second message. But then, on, and how do you solve it? Not going into all the modalities, how you do it, but it's, it's more about what, what you deliver. Right. How, what is it that you, when you resolve their problem, how do they feel? Like, what is that feeling that you deliver for someone? Like you've taken the pressure off of them. You've taken the stress off of them. They, you've helped them step into who they are. What is it that you're delivering for your clients? And then the main thing that a lot of, I see most of the time people really forget when they've got a, you could have a, a really great 30 second message, but if you don't have a call to action as part of your message, you're missing the boat, right? <laughs> so you have to make sure that you're including a, a really strong call to action. And when I, when I say really strong call to action, be careful not to use the word please or let's. It's got to be tell them what to do. They need to be instructed what to do. Once they know they need your help, instruct them what, to, what you want them to do, whether it's schedule a call with me today, visit my website, sign up for my course, get my book. What is it that you want them to do? And then make sure you include your name and in, in your company at the end. A lot of people say, well, why would you put your name and company at the end? I have two reasons for that. So if you start your 30-second message with your name and company, you're wasting time, right? You've got to grab their attention from the moment you open your mouth. You've got to give them like a really good strong statement or a question or you know a story however you want to start it but you need to be able to grab their attention from the moment you start talking we lose people after seven seconds like if if you haven't said something that grabs their attention in the first seven seconds they're not going to listen to you because either either listening to the last guy and what he said or b they're trying to figure out what they're going to say so you need to make sure you say something that grabs their attention and then if you Add your name and company at the end, you're giving people the opportunity to write it down once they know they need your help. I can't tell you how many times I've been sitting in a room full of people and the guy next to me goes, who is he? What's his name? Because either they didn't say it at all or they said it early on and didn't say it at the end. The other thing too, you have to remember saying your name and your company at the end is kind of a cue for the host or for the next person to know that it's their turn. And if you say at the beginning, most times either the blank you said to blanket out the rest of the speech you have, yes. or they didn't hear it because they weren't ready for the speech to start. Right. <laughs> right. Or if you, st- but if you started your 30 second message with, how many of you have read the 13 step guide to success? And drive through it. <laughs> right. And then like, wait, what do you mean? The 13 step guide to success. What is that? Where you get a whole bunch of people raising their hands and the one guy who wasn't paying attention is going, wait, why are we raising our hand? Oh, maybe I should put my hand up. I think I should listen to this guy. What is he, what's he talking about? So it's a great way to get people to tune in, right? Where you could say, how many of you feel like you're a misfit? Yeah, there you go. <laughs> <laughs> wait, what does he mean? Huh? What is a misfit? I want the misfit can, toys. Yeah, I'll miss, yeah, there you go. And that, you know, that, that's the biggest thing is just, 
really grabbing people's attention and then expressing in a deep emotional way. Like it, it, you have to connect with the emotion. That's the biggest piece is really connecting with the emotion. Now, I just gave you the, it's marketing 101. That's nothing that I created on my own. Somebody else taught it to me. But if you start looking at TV commercials and commercials on TV, you'll realize that they follow that same methodology in their, in how they present. Like, you know, you watch, do you remember coconut smile? Have a coconut yes. smile, mm-hmm. right? Oh yeah, I need, I'm thirsty. But more importantly, I want to smile. So I'm going to have a coconut smile. Uh, you know, the different commercials, you start to watch the commercials. Now, I'm sorry, but the NFL makes a buttload of money on commercials at halftime that these people are using the exact same formula to grab your attention. Yep. They're speaking to the emotion. They're getting you to react. And that's the biggest piece that people need to understand with your 30-second message. It's about connecting you to that inherent emotion. When, when you tell somebody that they have a problem and that you can fix it, in this day and age, we're all about fixing our problems really fast, right? Because we don't want, you know, we don't, it's like that instant gratification thing. People want you to fix their problems for them. So if you can position yourself well in that respect, but the, you know, more importantly, help your audience know what it is that you, you do build relationships with them and really start connecting with them on that emotional level so that they, you become memorable. You become the go-to person for whatever it is that you offer. Awesome. And Laura, how can someone get in contact with you to either have you on your show hire you or find out more about you? So the best way to find me is through my website, which is 30secondsuccess.com. And um, you can also find me on all social media at 30 seconds. It's 30 second success. So that's the best way to connect with me on social media as well. Yeah. I've seen you on everything but TikTok on, on your pod match. So. Oh, I was just having a conversation about that today. <laughs> so who knows? You might find me on TikTok soon. I don't know. Dancing to 30 seconds success. It's good. (laughs) Yeah, I might have to start something. You never know. (laughs) All right, Laura, this is great chatting with you. Thanks for taking some of your time to hang out with us here on the Misfit Nation and uh, sharing some of your tips and tricks. Thank you so much for having me, Rich. It was a joy to be here today. And at any time you have any questions, I'm here. Awesome. Thank you. Thank you. music and just stay away if you ain't got anything good to say then shut your mouth i got my windows down and my blinders on radio set to my favorite song all green lights on the road i'm on and there ain't no doubt i'm getting them
smile. I kiss a good morning. I kiss a good night. We keep it on the up. That's how we get down. So don't be coming around unless you got me on good vibes. I'm living this good life. I'm breathing on God's time. And I ain't gonna waste one breath. I'm soaking it Know how we do this. Thanks for taking some of your time to spend with us on Fit Nation. Fit Nation. Be sure to hit that subscribe button and share the link as much as possible. If you want to, please become a supporter to help us carry this thing on. We appreciate you. If you know someone that brings that energy, has a great story, is an up and comer in any industry of music, in the arts, have them reach out to us on TheMisfitNation.com. We will get back to them within one day and get them on here so they can share their story with the world. As always, till next time, be humble, stay hungry, and keep hustling. Because we are Fit Nation.
I'm good. 